Please turn to Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Psalmist David once pointed out the Lord's commandments are broad, exceeding broad. And I found this to be very true about Psalm 88. Uh, There's more that the Lord gave me out of this than I could ever have time for in the short time that I have now. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he included Psalm 88 in his in his psalm, even though it's very rare. The reason I chose Psalm 88 was mainly for two reasons. First of all, it was not chosen by anybody else so far. And as I read through the the psalms that had not been done and presented, it just kind of jumped out at me as being something very unique. And to be honest, I was almost ashamed, wondering why I had never noticed it before. And unfortunately, when you get up to present a psalm, you look more earnestly at it, and Lord help us to do that every day we sit yes. down and read yes, the right. Psalms. Yes. Uh, I'm just very thankful for that. Amen. Amen. Just to save time, as I go through this Psalm, as I read it, uh, notice how many times it's literally half of the verses are talking about the Lord as being the source of the affliction that's being suffered mm-hmm. by, by the psalmist. Psalm 89. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves, Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth, by reason of affliction, Lord, I have called upon, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead rise, arise and praise thee, Selah? Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy words be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy tears, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy tears have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and my acquaintance into darkness. So what's so unique about this psalm and and so rare, at least, that that struck me? You know, if you look through all the other psalms, you'll see similar praying and, and pleading to the Lord. But the uniqueness about this psalm is that it is so overwhelmingly focused on the heaviness of the soul and really, within the psalm itself, there's really no comfort from the beginning to the end where, you know, he ends, you know, saying that the Lord has taken everything from him, his lovers, his friends, his acquaintance, 
and it ends in darkness. Uh, you know, as I went through the different psalms, I counted about 39 or 40 that had similar, uh, similar pleading, similar soul suffering. But in every one of them, just about without exception, there was some type of, you know, some ray of hope, you know, something like Psalm 42 or Psalm 43, where, you know, David cries out, uh, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Uh, hope thou in God, you know, something positive that, you know, within the psalm, the psalmist comes out of his gloom and, and praises God or recounts specific events in his life that the Lord has shown his mercy to him. But that's something that's really quite rare about Psalm 88. It's just, it's a, it's a total, uh, almost despair that this, the psalmist is in without any answers within the psalm itself. We know, you know, that the Lord is the author of the psalm, but uh, the title of the psalm uh, suggests that a man by the name of Heman was the author of this particular psalm. Uh, there are a couple of humans in the Bible. You know, one of them is one of the, the top three leaders of worship under David, appointed by David, uh, along with Asaph. And, you know, if that's the case, he's a very, you know, he's a wise man. If that is, the, in fact, the one who wrote this psalm, uh, he's compared, you know, his wisdom is compared to that of Solomon. So he's no slouch. He's not a loser. Uh, so this is just, this is a, a very rare, uh, psalm in, in, in its depressed uh, message that it has. So what can we learn from it? Why such a heavy psalm? First of all, we know what it can't mean. It can't be an excuse for any of us to live a dejected life, totally focused on the negative, uh, without praise, without thanksgiving. Uh, you know, the entire rest of the Bible, the rest of the psalms, would deny that. You know, our own apostle says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So what is the, what, you know, what's, what's the purpose of Psalm 88? I think what the purpose is, is, is what jumped out and what jumps out as you, as you look at this psalm. And that is, it's an extreme case. You know, it's not the everyday event in a, in a Christian's life. Also, another point, is that this person feels that he's totally forsaken by God. And for a true child of God, is there really any other thing that should be causes heaviness of soul than to be, you know, have that feeling that you're totally forsaken of God? It's not really specifically mentioned what the reason is for him feeling so forsaken by God, but as you read through there and you see that nine of the verses and, and many times multiple times within those nine verses the Lord is mentioned you know to have yes. as a child yes. of God to feel that the Lord does not remember you to feel the Lord is, has left you in the deep that he's left you in a pit that his wrath is hard upon you and that he sends wave after wave against you uh, that he's taken all of your friends from you he's cast off your soul uh so much to the point, and, and whether it's, you know, there's a lot of speculation if you look at different commentators, whether it was a physical ailment or it was a, uh, you know, melancholy spirit, and whether this is an exaggeration or whether it's an actual truth. He says, you know, I'm, I'm afflicted and ready to die from my youth upward. Uh, you know, it, to, to be in that particular state uh, is terrifying to a, to a child of God. So 
So what lessons can we get from this? One of the things that struck me, if there's anything positive in this psalm, there's a couple of things. At the very beginning of the psalm, the psalmist begins just the way he begins the psalm. In verse 1 he says, O Lord, God of my salvation. In spite of his dejected, his uh, fearful attitude that he has that he's presented through this whole psalm without relief and without any hope, he begins the psalm going to his God, the source of of whatever comfort he hopes to get. And he also recognizes that he has salvation. Yes, amen. Another point is his very next phrase, I have cried day and night before thee. You know, I doubt that any of us have ever been in a situation like this psalmist has been in, is in such deepness of, of anguish of our souls. Most of our situations, to be honest, is we probably just need a good kick in the butt. But, you know, here is, is an anguish of soul, thinking that the Lord has totally forsaken him, and yet, he recognizes that he, he is one of God's children and he goes to that God as a source of, of relief from the state that he's in. Yes. Another thing that really jumped out at me as I read verse number 2, it says, Let my prayer come before thee, incline thy ear unto my cry. We have a great God, and as Jonathan just mentioned, he's done magnificent, ridiculous things for us. Right. And when I read verse 2, what jumped into my mind was, Queen Esther, uh, they were in a dire strait, and her uncle yeah. asked her to go before the king and make supplication for her people. And how many times, you know, he was an earthly king. You know, if you went before the king without being summoned, you would be dead if you didn't raise a scepter. How many times do we go before the Lord, whether it's in our own private prayer or just to meditate on his word, to read his word? How many times do we go there? with really just a flippant attitude without even recognizing who we're going before. Uh, you know, Esther said, I'll go before the king, but I want to pray and, you know, pray and fast with me for three days. Yes. When we sit down to read God's word, do we ask him, do we approach him in a reverent way? Yes. Right. Do we just sit down? Do we calm ourselves? You know, I've heard people in sales say, when you're getting ready to make a sales call, sit there, <laughs> take a big breath, calm yourself, and I pick up the phone and make the call. We were talking to the God of heaven that created everything that died for yes. us. How do we approach him? Do you just sit down in a rush before we have to head off to work because we're late? Sit down and, and ask the Lord. Approach him reverently. Lord, right. please hear me. Especially in a situation like this where our soul is dried up and ready to die from our youth. Uh, that just really struck me, and I've, I've thanked the Lord that he has impressed that on my mind, but even though he impressed it on my mind years ago, so many times I'll sit down I'll, I'll, and I'll realize I haven't approached him like I would, what, who he is, the king, the God of heaven. The psalm also reminded me of a couple of men. One of them was Job. You know, as you read through this, uh, and realizing this, it's a very rare occasion, something we'll probably never go through. Uh, you know, Job was in that situation. And what maybe the second thought after reminding me of Job was the fact that, Lord, thank you that, that he hasn't chosen me to be a Job or to go through those things. But in reality, each one of us in our own simple way goes through heaviness of soul. Yes. Uh, and it may be from our youth up. 
You know, when you think about it, each one of us has been given different gifts, different weaknesses. Uh, you know, we may grieve over them from the time that we're able to reason. You know, we have our own faults, whether we speak too soon, whether we don't say enough. Uh, go to the Lord, approach Him, ask Him, beg Him to relieve that from us and, and thank him that it that that we don't have such such trials as Job. Also, just a few days ago, uh, I realized that this is going to be the first Sunday. It's going to be uh, communion. I wasn't smart enough to think of that when I was preparing this psalm, but it also made me think of Jesus Christ. You know, if anybody could say in the truest sense some of the pleas that that this yes. psalm gives, Amen. it's right. the Lord. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, he was, you know, this psalmist was never really forgotten by God. He was never cast aside as dead. He was never thrown away and forgotten. But the Lord Jesus Christ, for our sake, was. I mean, totally forsaken. You know, on the cross, he cried, My, my God, my God, why, why hast thou forsaken me? And God had truly forsaken him, because if he didn't truly, utterly, and completely forsake him, we wouldn't be able to be here believing and loving the Lord that gave us his word. I'm very thankful for this psalm. I'm very thankful for the Lord taught me through it, and I trust that it fits with what's today. I didn't get the preparation. It seems to be in very upbeat, positive what the Lord has done, and yet I, I trust that it fits in with, with what Jonathan had in mind for today. Amen.